For the Daily Princetonian, I'm Vitus LaRue. And I'm Leela Siskind. You're listening to Daybreak. Princetonians love a secret space. From rumors of a shrine dedicated to Danny DeVito hidden behind laundry machines in Little Hall, to whispers of a network of underground tunnels darting across campus, there's a certain allure to little-known spaces on campus. While some of these places are somewhat mythological, others are real, if you know where to look. No, this won't be a guide on how to illegally access the university's off-limit areas. But what if we told you that when you slog across Goheen Walk on your way to Fine Hall, you're standing on top of a network of tunnels that connects all major down-campus science facilities. And better yet, anyone with a Princeton University ID has access. So today, the Daybreak team took a tour of these tunnels to find out how they're used, where they go, and why they exist in the first place. A series of underground passages connect Princeton's Neuroscience Institute, or PNI, to the Geo Laboratory building through a series of other scientific buildings. At first glance, these unassuming tunnels may seem like a simple shortcut through these buildings, or perhaps a haven from cold New Jersey winters. PNI is a new building, right? Was a new building before you arrived, but it's not that long ago. It was important to connect it to Icon for like equipment and stuff. The tunnels mainly facilitate the transportation of live animals and scientific equipment to the various labs between these buildings. We got a tour from a frequent user of the tunnels. My name is Yael Niv, and I am professor of psychology and neuroscience here at Princeton. Professor Niv co-heads the Rutgers Princeton Center for Computational Cognitive Neuropsychiatry, primarily focusing on research on humans. While her research doesn't require visits to the tunnels, she has made use of them over her years at Princeton. I use them a lot because I used to take my students to um, coffee in groups of five in a large class, and I don't drink drip coffee, so we have to go all the way to Frist for like the Witherspoon Cafe there has lattes. <laughs> so we can get almost to there, and I taught this in the, in the winter, so we can get almost to Frist in the tunnels. It was fun because I got to teach, well, not teach, show the students these tunnels. It was like, you know, added bonus of taking Neuro 202. Our tour started with PNI, which is the furthest south the tunnel network goes. After taking the stairs down to the basement level, we approached an inconspicuous looking set of double doors, leading to our first tunnel. Being the newest addition to the tunnel system, the PNI section of the tunnels have bright white walls and harsh lighting, contrasting the dingier look of the rest of the network. We also learned a few things about tunnel construction in the time between the construction of Icon's labs in 2002 and the opening of PNI in 2013. So let me tell you something about when they built this. So that um, hallway is straight because they learned the lesson from a hallway that we'll go through now, a tunnel that we'll go through that's not straight where if you take like laboratory equipment and stuff, suddenly it all spills out or whatever because they wanted to not have stairs, but they had an elevation difference. So they were like, okay, the one thing that we know is don't do that again. As we wound our way through a now curved hallway, Professor Niv pointed out some contemporary architectural complaints. You have to go through Icon to like outside of PNI. You can't like go down to the street. So here there's this little offshoot goes into Icon, actually to the classroom that I teach in, um, right in the middle of the atrium. It has like a round thing in the middle that's a classroom, and this comes out right next to it. This is the not straight floor. 
part that was a big mistake, but too late to fix once they realized what a big mistake it was. Still, these architectural defects don't stop Professor Niv. At this point, she told us about some important tunnel visitors. You know, experiments in genomics, which is the building here, they're often done on animals, on could be mice, could be worms, and have no wet lab laboratory equipment, so. I don't know any of the stuff here. I just memorized the way. And I think we passed, and I forgot to mention that the hallway, the, the tunnel to, did we do the right one? No, I think we should have turned right. Around here, we got a bit lost after turning down the wrong corridor. So we're gonna take a detour into the quirky history of campus tunnels. More specifically, the dangerous and interesting world of Princeton's steam pipe tunnels. Starting in 1903, tunnels were dug throughout the campus to house steam pipes and wires spanning from Nassau Hall down campus to the former gym building, which housed a power generation facility. Since its construction, students have found their way inside of the steam tunnel network. Throughout the middle of the 20th century, steam tunneling became a popular pastime for thrill-seeking students. According to a Prince article from 1987, students entered through manholes. Those who braved the tunnels uncovered cockroaches, hot steam pipes, and furniture that was said to be used by drug dealers in the 1940s. The tunnels were also used to sneak into the pool of Dillon Gym after hours in 97, prompting the university to install alarms on all pool doors. Tunneling is also featured in a 2004 novel, The Rule of Four, which is set in Princeton. The characters use the tunnels to hold paintball matches and sneak into Ivy Club. But remember, this is fiction. The novel's use of the steam tunnels was referenced in former university president Shirley Tillman's opening address to the class of 2008, telling the incoming first years, quote, you can forget about looking for the steam tunnels. They don't exist. But they do exist. Princeton's own Rights, Rules, and Responsibilities Handbook proves their existence, with section 2.2.2 mentioning that, quote, entering mechanical areas, including rooms, steam, and utility tunnels, is prohibited. Okay. We're back in the tunnels with Professor Niv. We've doubled back around and made our way towards the next building on our tour, Moffitt Laboratory. So now we're, this is Giot and Moffitt, right? So this is Moffitt, I think, and that part is Giot. It's, these are two buildings that um, were built in different times and were connected, and that's why their floors are not exactly aligned, as far as my knowledge. So we're gonna have to like go down, like half a stairway down. As we pass under Moffat, we reach the end of the official tunnel network. Though we've hit a wall, as we have yet to make it all the way up to Geo Hall, to the official end of our tour. That trip is facilitated by a very special elevator. I think this is the only elevator that has a T floor in campus, but I don't know. I've, I know there are other tunnels, there are some like secret ones, but I don't know where they are. And just like that, we emerge into the third floor of Geo Hall, home of the Geosciences Department. As we pass through the geosciences collection of dinosaur bones and gemstones, Professor Niv reminisced on her first time going through the tunnels. I, I had an administrator show me. I, f I forget who it was. I think it was Carol Eggins. She doesn't work in our department anymore. She's like, let me show you a secret. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was the end of our tour with Professor Niv. Before we descend with her, I wanted to run an experiment. How long does it take for someone unaccustomed to the tunnels to make their way through? And better yet, which is faster in that case, going through the tunnels or simply walking outside? Starting from Geo Hall and walking all the way to P&I, 
I went through the tunnels on my first trial and above ground on the second. The results? Inside took 5 minutes 18 seconds and outdoors took 4 minutes and 41 seconds. Yeah, so going through the tunnels was slower. But I will not lie, the warmth of the tunnels is a perfect respite from a cold December day. But beyond the warmth, the tunnels can bring people closer together. Not only in a serendipitously colliding with a scientist rounding a corner way, but also in creating a space to build connections with others. At least, that's the purpose they have served for Professor Niv. Yeah, well, I haven't taught that class for several years, so I think um, they've all graduated. Actually, one of the students from that class recently, just last week on Thursday, he um, defended his thesis at Columbia, his PhD thesis, and he invited me to come to the defense, and I did. So you go to coffee with people and you make an actual <laughs> relationship with them. So the next time you're weathering the cold of the New Jersey winter on your way to late meal, try out the tunnels snaking through the science buildings. They're not just for mice. That's all for Daybreak Today. Today's episode was written by Laura Sabrosa, Vitus LaRue, and me. Sound engineered by Vitus LaRue and Caleb Park, and produced under the 147th Managing Board of The Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horan, Class of 22. For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Leela Siskind. And I'm Vitus LaRue. Have a wonderful day. <laughs>